Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters. I'm delighted to have with me today Diane Mitchell, who is the founder of the Wonderful World of Wellbeing. Hi, Diane. Hi, Jill. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Really good to have you here today. You're currently in Twickenham. Diane, you've got a really interesting story. So before we start talking about the wonderful world of well-being, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Okay. Um, well, I started, I started working at the age of 12. Um, <laughs> I don't even think that would be allowed now, would it? I was fortunate enough to be introduced to a family business. Um, well, it was either helping the business or babysit and I found that helping in the business suited me and it was hairdressing so that took me into my first career um, which was uh, I've had a phenomenal career in hairdressing um, I opened my first business at the age of 19 and uh, successful business as it was and eventually moved through and moved through my career until I think it was mid-30s, um, I decided to go and live overseas. So I emigrated and spent the best part of 20 years living in Australia. And by that time, I was shifting into health and well-being. Although I'd always had, um, I'd always had a feel for it. I lived holistically. Um, even in my business before I emigrated in the early years, we had holistic practices going on within there and looking to develop that business further into well-being but then I decided that the time was right to to go live somewhere else so I did and um, yeah had a beautiful uh, experience living overseas it was a great educational as well as experience and um, yeah and through that time um, I was operating my own uh, well-being business out there and uh, I just, it came to a stage where I just didn't feel right. And I just kept having this like draining feeling as though my mm. lights were being turned out. And so over a period of a few months, I went and had blood tests and nothing showed up. And I'd never, ever been ill in my life. And, uh, and then one day I just discovered this mass on the side of my neck. So as a consequence of that, um, I had the most amazing medics around me and doctors and uh, just put me in for all these tests and the results were that um well it came the results came through the 18th of december so we're just a week to go until christmas and mm. my doctor said to me what are you what are your plans for christmas day and i said oh we're spending it with friends and she said well if if they're not the friends you want to be spending it with and you're doing anything for the sake of it you need to cancel it and do what you want and i just looked at my husband and i said why and she said well you know According to this dye, you've got this squamous cell carcinoma. It was inside my main aorta artery in, wow. in my neck. And the prognosis was that I had 12 weeks to live. Mm. Very, very scary. Very oh. scary thing to, to have, isn't it? That's, that's, I can't imagine it. Yeah. Completely life-changing. I think yeah. the person I was at that moment, Jill, just, I just, it just completely fell away. Um, however, I had this shift, something happened inside me. So while I'm receiving this information, all what seemed like in one second, I also felt this thud inside and I wasn't aware of what the feeling was and the volume of it because it did feel and sound loud. Um, but I just gathered this knowing that I just made a decision. I wasn't going to die and it wasn't my time to die. So when I explained that to the doctor, 
she did find it a bit of a struggle to sort of get her head around and mm-hmm. she couldn't get her head around it. But I just said, look, this, I don't know what's happened, but this is not my time. I haven't, I, ha- I actually haven't got time to die. And that's what I said to her. And also in that time, I realized that everything on my previous life came up for me. So it's what I would now call unfinished business. So mm-hmm. it was like these thoughts and things were just flying up. It was like I could see them in front of me. And I just thought, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving here. And, and also I have too much work to do. There's too much to be done. And um, it's time to sort my inner world out. And not, not that there was anything wrong with it at the time, um, but clearly, you know, um, well, all this experience has led me into the private work that I do now. So, so as I reflect back on that experience, what it was was my emotional world was looking for a way out. It was looking to be heard and recognised and things I wasn't reaching and able to address at that point and my body took care of it for me. Mm. So it was showing up on a physical sense. So I think really that's that's quite normal, isn't it? I think people don't realise that, but usually if you're sick for some reason, the part of the body it's in, you can check spiritually to see what that reflects to. Absolutely. You can, you know, you can find out what it's related to and find that there's something either going on in your life or it could be something that you've inherited from from a, a relative, but it usually yeah, links yeah. back to something. From learnt behaviour. Yeah. yeah, there's, there's yeah. many different uh, reasons what bring on physical ailments, but the on a spiritual sense, um, every single thing that happens to us or what comes into our being on a physical sense is always emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So there's that there's that conduit. I mean, we're so much more advanced these days in um, the brains that we use and and what ability we've got within ourselves to think, feel, and and be you know yeah. so accessing information for what's right for us you know we can use as intuitive brains say our heart brain instead of the thinking brain yeah. i mean ideally it's about having all three emotions feelings and thoughts working together to create the balance um but way back then you know it's like f- nearly 15 years ago i um i didn't have that full intelligence back then but yeah so the point of what I call my health blip, I was living in Western Australia, which is the most isolated uh, city on the planet. And because of that, um, everybody tends to work under their own autonomy. And in a lot of senses, they're a lot more advanced than other places because they're cut off from the rest of the world. They have to make their own decisions and they make them fast. And there's massive, massive bonuses within that. So, So for me and my prognosis I was told that I had to have my voice box removed and uh, the follow-up treatment would be determined after the surgery so I actually went ahead and signed for that and I I was happy because I just wanted this mass out of my body but as I moved very very quickly through the next few weeks um, I was sort of regaining my own position in my own life even although everything I knew had fallen away um, mindfully, everything was just coming to the forefront, and uh, and it was a nurse actually that supported me with this particular decision making. She said, "When you have something so um, vast or so big like cancer, um, she said people hand the power over to us and expect us to make all the decisions." Now, this conversation took place the night before my surgery was due to remove my voice box. 
And uh, she said, but, you know, it's entirely up to you to do what you feel fit with. And uh, she said, so just bear in mind for now and for future that we expect that you can reclaim your power or maintain your power and make your own decisions. And then um, I had a meeting with my surgeon later that evening prior to surgery the following morning. And the discussion just did not sit right with me of what was going to, how it was going to take place and the feeling that was evoked within that. Um, because there had been a um, slight conflict in terms of, I explained to my medical team, my oncology team, that I'd had a shift and I had this knowing that I wasn't going to die. But yet, I also believed exactly and wholeheartedly what they presented me with, hence I, um, I decided to have the surgery done. But if they could accept what I was saying, and I, you know, I understood and accepted what they were saying, let's work together and move through together. But it did cause some conflict, and I totally understand that now, being in a completely medical scientific world. But I never left sight of what was going on for me, but it did cause some unrest and it came to the night before the surgery and the the dialogue that took place I just thought no I don't need the surgery it's, I am not going to recover from this vast operation I am going to recover myself I'm going to go home and do it myself so I did so I cancelled my surgery that evening returned home and uh, just continued to immerse myself deeper in a more holistic life natural ways of being and then um got another oncology team from the same hospital but a different team came forward and um, we decided to remove the mass rather than remove my voice box and that was a communal decision and it was the first time I'd been given an opportunity for to air my voice over this particular subject that would have dramatically changed my life too and that was a real pleasant surprise and a bit of anger came up you know, um, I, I did voice to them because some of my team was in the original team and uh, nothing had been said other than the team leader. Mm. And I just said, wow, you know, if I would not have reclaimed my autonomy through this, I wouldn't be sat here now being able to talk to you. And, and also thank you for the opportunity to be included in the decision making. And, and it wasn't a criticism. It was just that they just moved on so fast because we were so isolated. Yeah. So that, that actually taught me a lot about just slowing things down. And even when you feel as though you're running out of time, just slow things down and remain and reclaim. It's okay to reclaim who you are and what's going on for you. And, and for me, it was about what was happening inside, all my feelings and emotions. Everything became aligned and just perfectly aligned. And it was, it was serving me really, really well. I just had a gut feeling that having that surgery was not going to be for me. Mm. And as a result of that decision, 14 years later, I'm here with my voice box intact and not even a tiny little scar to, to boot. Not that that matters to me. But no, no. Yeah. But yeah, so absolutely full of, full of health. So absolutely. I guess that sort of spurred you on with the whole thing of wanting a more sort of wellness based business and and I guess that's when the wonderful world of well-being first came about so tell us what the wonderful world of well-being is okay it's an organization that completely encompasses and supports everything to do with health and well-being for individuals and groups um, across all ages 
So during my journey of the story that I've just shared with you, um, it took me into working in private practice, which is what I still do today. So the wonderful world of well-being has three elements to it. I myself work in private practice. We have a networking organization, specifically niche to our industry. And then we have the bigger picture, which is the live festivals and events, which I'll talk about in a minute. But what brought me to that was the private work that I do, working in mindset. I was working with someone one day and I just thought, this is not enough, just working with one person. And my journey had brought so many holistic and diverse people offering amazing products, therapies and services. And not just throughout the couple of years before, throughout all my life, my, my presence became really heightened you know when we talk about being in the moment and mm. um, through that experience I became really present and never moved from that for about two years and it became really irritating because for 24 7 I was just present um, and it was quite a feat getting grounded within all that and, and moving through it but through that journey everything sort of was presented to me in terms of my past experiences and I had come across and had the most amazing people in my life and people who were in businesses as well as working in other jobs who were wanted to work wholeheartedly in holistics had amazing things to offer and, and obviously some people who are running them full-time as well but I just thought where would other people go if they were in a critical situation like me and they needed support um, I mean, for me, my inner world supported me, and I am naturally a very resilient person. However, not everybody is. And yeah. and even those that are don't have the choices, you know, or yeah. wouldn't know the choices were there. I was fortunate that the right people stepped into my life at the right time and supported me to sort out the mental catastrophic explosion that took place. Um, but there was lots of other options as well, and not that... I tapped into hardly any of them, but I just thought we need to let the world know that these choices are there. Yeah. And not that there's anything wrong with medical uh, interventions and the fantastic support that they give us. It's just we've got choices and there's more options these days. We've evolved um, and scientifically evolved in nature far, far, far beyond what people could have imagined. And and for me, my quest is to get the knowledge and opportunities out to all ages so that if they find themselves either in tight moments or critical situations or simply looking for a more natural way of integrating well-being into their life, then this is what we provide. Yeah. So, so with that, I bring a collective together, a full spectrum of health and well-being choices and opportunities, whether that's through therapies, products, services, experiences, courses. I just bring people together. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and that's one thing I've possibly done all my life is I'm yes. good, at, good at connecting people. So it made sense to bring the business platform together, the business community together, and then match that to an audience experience and bring the audience to the people who are interested in it who yeah. showcase with us brilliant brilliant now we are running out of time but i just want to touch on um 
obviously live events, live networking, it's all a little bit difficult at the moment because of the challenges of COVID. So you are making some changes due to this. So can you tell us briefly the changes that you're making because of COVID? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, Well, all our live events are on hold for the foreseeable future and until I feel as though it's safe and appropriate um, to bring a mass gathering together, it will stay on hold in terms of a live sense. But we still have a massive business community and we also have a lot of people who were waiting to come to our next festival. So we have a lot of visitors who want to connect. So over the last few months, I've been... Um, working out and figuring what to do, what's the best way to do for the long-term picture. I don't tend to work on quick fixes. It's more of a, a long-term approach. So we're at the foot of launching our new department store for wellbeing online. So this is not to replace the festivals. This is a new platform and we will have a showcase of all different types of health and wellbeing offerings for children, um, middle-aged people right through to um, mature years as well and that will be therapies products services educational sections and calendars of events and that's due to be rolled out early august this year of 2020 and then of course we can we can reach our audience again and we can open our doors and bring bring our visitors back to all these highly acclaimed professionals that we will have on our platform Brilliant, brilliant. That sounds amazing. Well, we'll yeah. look forward to, to seeing that um, and then maybe get you onto Brooklyn's again so you, we can actually publicise that when it actually goes live. Um, but Diane, okay. thank you so much for, for popping along to talk to us today. That's, you know, you have had such an incredibly interesting life. And um, I think it's really important for people out there to hear your story and to know that they don't just have to go along with what the medics are saying, that they should really investigate alternatives and, and really feel in themselves what it is that they want to do when there is a problem with their health. And I think it's a combination of both. I totally agree with you, but it's about having your own responsibility and connecting yeah. in with what's going on for you. Yeah. Just pausing, checking in with that, and then making valid decisions for you based on that. Because, yeah. you know, when you don't, you lose your power, and then you, there's always some give at the end of it, isn't there? Yeah, what there is? is. And it may well be that the medical route is right for some people. That's, you know, that's absolutely fine. But, Many. you know, there is there are other alternatives out there. There are other options out there, and people should just be aware of those, which is the great thing about the, the work that you're doing and the great thing about the online platform, that people can yeah. explore those and see what other options might be available to them. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank yeah. you so much for talking to us today, Diane. You're welcome. Thanks for inviting me, Jill. It's thank been a pleasure. you. Uh, it's been lovely. So that was Diane Mitchell, who is the founder of The Wonderful World of Wellbeing, talking to us today from Twickenham. Brooklyn's Radio believes your health matters.